step onto the red carpet and be part of a night to remember at our premier movie event. Join us as we launch our never-before-seen movie, Dysphoria. Discover the shocking truths behind the LGBTQ transgender agenda in our powerful new documentary, Dysphoria. This riveting new movie shares the stories of three families, all ambushed by the LGBTQ agenda. Dive into the communist roots of this movement, its impact on schools and the medical field, and the hidden connections with Antifa. As society grapples with the concept of biological reality, we ask, where is the church? Your ticket not only gets you exclusive access to see the film, but also supports our nonprofit filmmaking ministry, Fearless Features. Don't miss out on this opportunity to make a difference and enjoy an unforgettable movie night. Tickets available at dysphoriamovie.com or text the word red carpet to 80888. And as a valued listener to the show, use promo code podcast for $50 off at checkout. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the intersection of faith, family, and filmmaking. You're listening to Fearless with Mark and Amber, a behind-the-scenes of our filmmaking ministry, Fearless Features, where we are creating documentary films about the issues impacting our culture and society from a biblical perspective and pursuing truth above all else. I'm Amber Archer, and joining me is my husband, author, director, speaker, Mark Archer. Yeah. If you find this podcast helpful, be sure to subscribe and share the show to help us reach more people. You can learn more about us and the movies we're making by visiting fearlessfeatures.org. Well, it is another fantastic week. Yeah. Great to be back on the podcast. I'm going to have to ask you to go ahead (laughs) and come in on Sunday to... TPS reports? TPS reports. Okay. Yeah. Can you name the movie? <laughs> um, I can see the guy saying it's it. It's an irreverent film, but it is one of the greatest films of the 90s. I want to say it's Office Space. Office Space. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. See, I'm getting better at this. See, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway. Um, did you know there's an event on September 29th? I heard. <laughs> I, I think I want to go. You should. Do you want to go? You should. We should go and we're going to get dressed up. <laughs> it is a red carpet premiere. You guys, I'm really excited. I'm excited. <laughs> excited i am excited to do something fun how many other chances do you get to go to a red carpet movie premiere that's you know it's been a while just that i've been able to dress up (laughs) (laughs) i'm just excited to dress up and there are going to be members of the cast there yes so Mm -hmm. i i I don't know who all yet we're still waiting for some confirmations but it's gonna be a big deal yay exciting yeah so um speaking of big deals Uh uh-huh Micah Beckwith, who is part of the cast. Who you've heard on this podcast before. Who you have heard on this podcast. Uh, so there's a new teaser for the film. Uh-huh. And we let them exclusively premiere it at Life Church. Yes. This past Sunday. Uh-huh. So we have audio of that. You ready for that? Yeah. Okay, here we go. So, so like I was saying, um, we've got uh, a, a little bit of that 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 PG-13 content going on. And it just so happened too that we want to tell you about a movie premiere that's happening September 29th called Dysphoria. Now, if you've ever, uh, if you've ever met the Archers, Mark and Amber Archer, they live in Fort Wayne and they are Christian filmmakers and storytellers and bio, uh, documentary documentarists. Is that a word? I don't know. We'll make that up. All right. But they do a great job of telling you what's going on in this, in this culture that we're living in. And they're exposing a lot of the evil and wickedness that the church has to know about. I'm telling you right now, most churches don't want to touch what we touch because it's way easier just to stick your head in the sand 
and say, I don't want to deal with it. But that's not the call of God's church in this world. God's church is to know the evil that exists, to understand what the devil is doing, and then to counter it with the truth of the Holy Spirit and the truth of God's word. So this movie premiere, Dysphoria, Mark and Amber came down when Pastor Rob McCoy was here. They interviewed Pastor Rob McCoy. Uh, Heidi St. John is in this movie, if you know who she is. They're going to premiere this September 29th, and then they're going to take it on a 10-state tour. But we want to support them and help kick it off so they can take this amazing story of how the next generation is getting warped in their identity. Ten years ago, when I was touring the country, well, actually, now 15 years ago, geez, I'm old, uh, 15 years ago, uh, when I was touring the country in a Christian band, I remember seeing this, this movement of young people waking up in their identity and who God said they were. And it was shortly after that that I started to see this weird trend where all of a sudden in public schools and in the culture, the youth culture, the identity crisis began where young men started to say they were young women and young women started to say they were young men. And I remember asking the Lord, I said, Lord, what is happening? And the Lord said, Micah, the devil always counters what I'm doing. He always counters what I'm doing. He said, I'm waking up a generation in their identity and who I'm calling them to be. So what do you think the devil's gonna do? He's gonna try to confuse their identity in the natural, because if they don't know who they are in the natural, they'll never know who they are in the spiritual. And so that's the war that's going on, and now we've seen it in full, in full uh, you know, the, the, the magnitude of what it's become today. And Dysphoria addresses that, and we have a little clip for you to show you a little bit about what the movie is going to be. So check it out. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to connect the dots here and see where this is going. They are going to intrude in families. It's going to get much worse. It has already started. Unless and until people put their foot down, it's going to get really, really ugly. When you first research this issue, the only things that come up are affirm your child. This is a really significant issue that your child has now fallen into. This is evil. This is absolute evil that is coming at our kids. And if our faith community is not going to stand between that evil and our children, I don't know what hope we have. There's absolutely no way that we could have gotten from 2015 to 2018 where we had transgender everywhere, okay? It took them almost 15 years to get gay marriage. Well, it took them three to five years to get this transgender stuff. When you stand by and do nothing, then you are essentially saying, I'm okay with the human carnage and the human suffering that is coming from this transgender, gender ideological agenda. This is something that is affecting families in possibly every congregation in America. The way that the devil and his forces lose this is by speaking truth. God will not hold us guiltless for our cowardice, and that's what it is. It's cowardice in the pulpit. It's cowardice in our churches. It's cowardice from Christians in government. Do what you're doing for the generations to come. Do your job. job as sons and daughters to the king unashamedly and powerfully here at Life Church. Booyah! <laughs> oh, it gets me so excited. I'm excited. I'm excited for Dysphoria to have an audience. I'm encouraged that people are standing up uh, for what is right, mm-hmm. what is true, uh, and even 
as we continue to face opposition in the culture that says, no, we have to affirm this nonsense, I, I madness, I'm not wickedness. even sure what to call it. <laughs> I mean, it, it's just untruths. Yes. Uh, I, the thing that's pretty amazing is the, the, so we have had, um, we, we've shown the film to a select few test audience, test audience of people. Mm hmm. And we're going to bring you some of the reactions to mm -hmm. that next week uh, because we got some testimonials afterward. The thing that you hear people say over and over again after they watch the film, there's this pause. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then they kind of say, wow, yeah. didn't, didn't see that one coming. Mm -hmm. Right. Because what the film is um, – is not what people expect. Right. It's just not what they expect. We have a unique perspective on it, I guess. It's uh, we're not we're not trying to make the same film that everybody else has made. Like here's the problem, we should feel bad about it. We it's, want you to see the problem but offer also offer the solution. The only solution is Jesus Christ. Yeah. You know, across the board, you know, you're gonna you're gonna see a wide variety of this attack and how it's manifest in culture. Mm -hmm. But then you're also going to see who has the answer. Yeah. Who, who has the answer? Or where, who should have the answer? Where is the church? Yeah. Where is the church? Mm -hmm. And when we say, where's the church? We're not just picking on pastors. No. The, the church is the body of Christ. It's not a building. It's a body. All right. So. And we should be unified in Christ because we all hold the scriptures. Mm-hmm. And that's what unites us is Christ. Yeah. So anyway, September 29th, in case you're not aware. That's right. I hope to see event. you there. I'm really excited. Dysphoriamovie.com. Get your tickets. I'm actually going to wear a suit. I you might, are. Yes. Suit? Gowns? I'm going to dress up. I don't know what kind of glittery I'll probably, dress I'll find. I'll but. probably wear a tie. Oh, no. Now you're getting <laughs> kind of crazy. But since I have a monstrous neck because I'm just like a head on top of shoulders. <laughs> It, no, what was that? What was that thing called that you wore to, to one of the events? Uh, oh, the uh, an ascot. Is that what it's called? Yeah, the the neck scarf. Yeah, I could do. No, I'm just I'm gonna get a shirt that fits. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to find shirts that fit when you have a twenty plus inch neck. Well, so. there you go. Either anyway, way. you have some fun stuff to talk. Well, and it, you know, dysphoria covers. What's happening? And I, I saw this article and I had to I had to pick it out. Um, oh, wait, this is this is about is this about trannies? Yeah. OK, hold on. Let me set up the theme music. OK, go ahead. Alice Cooper loses brand partnership after slamming trans movement. This is from The Daily Wire. Rock legend Alice Cooper lost a brand partnership with a cosmetic company after he slammed the transgender movement in an interview late this week. Inconceivable! Cooper had just signed a brand deal with, I think that's Vampire Cosmetics, only a couple of weeks ago, but it has since canceled, been canceled after the rocker spoke out against gender-affirming care for minors. Idiot! According to the New York Post. In an interview with Stereogum, Cooper was asked about other rock giants who have come out against transgenderism. Quote, I'm understanding that there are cases of transgender, but I'm afraid that it's also a fad. And I'm afraid there's a lot of people claiming to be this just because they want to be that, he said. 
I find it wrong when you've got a six-year-old kid who has no idea. He just wants to play and you're confusing him, telling him, yeah, you're a boy, but you could be a girl if you want to be. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> hold, on, hold on. Okay. You guys are retarded. <laughs> Well, and, and and that's the thing. And it's one of the things that d- the movie Dysphoria mm-hmm. addresses is why is this happening? You're going to see where this is coming from and why this big push for all of the, the cosmetic brands, the food brands, all of these people jumping on board of this transgender ideology and... And and you'll see why, because it's one of the things that he even mentions here. Well, I'll, I'll, move, I'll read on here. I think it, that's so confusing to a kid. It's even confusing to a teenager, he continued. You're still trying to find your identity, and yet there's this thing going on saying, yeah, but you can be anything you want. You can be a cat if you want to be. I mean, if you identify as a tree, and I'm going, come on, what are we in? A, a Kurt Vonnegut novel? I don't think so. He said it's so absurd that it's gone now to the point of absurdity. Following Cooper's remarks, Vampire Cosmetics released a statement on Instagram, quote, in light of recent statements by Alice Cooper, we will no longer be doing a makeup collaboration. We stand with all members of the LGBTQIA plus community. You guys are retarded. And believe everyone should have access to health care. I don't like you because you're dangerous. <laughs> The cosmetic company noted that all pre-sale orders will be refunded. In the same interview, Cooper slammed the whole woke movement and the restrictions that are placed around what is okay and not okay to say. He says, quote, who's making the rules? Is there a building somewhere in New York where people sit down every day and say, okay, we can't say mother now. We have to say birthing person. Get that out on the wire right now. He continued, who is this person that's making these rules? I don't get it. I'm not being old school about it. I'm being logical about it. That's normal. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. People don't want you to use logic. You cannot think for yourself anymore. Right. Follow the narrative. It's uh, it's maddening. Mm-hmm. It, it really is. Is there more to that? Um, there was a little bit more. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, anyway, I'll leave a link to it. You can read the rest of it. Okay. Keep it together. 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 Okay. <laughs> I, can, I got one from Fox News. Okay. <clears throat> oh, it must on. be good. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, no. Let me, let me. Happy premise number one. There are no aliens. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> this ought to be good. <laughs> Feminist medical. This, I, hold on. I need. I got one more. That's a bunch of crap. Here we go. I got that one ready. Feminist medis, medical school professor says trans kids identifying as minotaurs. Are part of the gender revolution. What? Explain to me what a minotaur is again, just for people. Maybe well, it's just only me, and I'm going. Wait a minute, I haven't heard minotaur in a while. So, if I'm not mistaken, maybe you can look. It I'll up look it up. Quick. But a minotaur is a Greek mythological figure. Pretty sure it's it the is. body of a man and the head of a bull. It is. Hang on. <laughs> or yeah, it's the head of a bull, right? <laughs> okay. uh, let me let me read this way. Okay, yeah, yeah. A California hospital executive and professor claimed children can identify as a mythology-inspired creature and claimed that this category of children love mermaids. (laughs) What does that have to be, a minotaur and mermaids? What's going on here? (sighs) Okay. Um, Diane Aronsaft, a self-identified feminist who supports a gender revolution, is the director of mental she's the director of mental health and chief psychologist at the UCSF 
Benioff Children's Hospital. So UCSF, University of California, San Fran Freak Show, uh, Gender Development Center. She is also a professor at UCSF School of Medicine. The developmental and clinical psychologist specializes in pediatric gender affirmative care for transgender and gender expansive patients. So many things that are hijacked today. That's a bunch of crap. No. So, so hang on. Um, a minotaur is a mythical creature portrayed during classical antiquity with the head of head and tail of a bull and the body of a man, or as described by Roman poet Ovid, a part a being a being quote part man and part bull. He dwelt at the center of the labyrinth, which was an elaborate maze like construction designed by the architect dale whatever cut it out i don't know so um according to britannica a minotaur is derived from greek mythology was a creature which had the body of a man the head of a bull oh there you go quote i totally agree we are in the midst of a gender revolution and the children are leading it the children are leading it okay okay (laughs) and it's a wonderful thing to see and it's also humbling to know how to know more than we do about this topic of gender being gender expansive. Okay, wait, wait, wait. I don't, I don't remember anywhere in scripture where it says that children were supposed to be teaching adults. It was train up a child in the way you should They're go. They're smarter. Wait. They're smarter than God. Oh, oh right. okay. They are. And just remember that they're smarter than you and they're smarter than God. Okay. Uh, now we've got genders moving boulders and it makes a lot of people nervous. She boulders? Says. Yes. We've got children moving boulders. Genders. Genders moving boulders. They're making seismic changes. (gasps) So um, she believes that transgenderism is derived by a gender web, which is influenced by culture. (laughs) It's like the gender spectrum. Bringing in nature. Kind of. Yeah. The the Kinsey scale. The fluidity. Mm -hmm. Gender fluidity. She introduced language such as gender fluid, non-binary, and gender expansive. See? she introduced no she recycled that that's been around for a while (laughs) she then predicted the language will evolve beyond that and cited her conversation with a seven-year-old as proof that there can be gender minotaurs and hybrids (laughs) so for that i say everybody knows you never go full retard now (laughs) wow i have another one okay 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 this this is from Infowars. Okay. Um, and uh, this, uh, I'm just going to read it. Minneapolis Arts Center slammed for encouraging family-friendly fr- demon summoning. What? An arts and culture center in Minneapolis has received backlash after it promoted an event encouraging families to attend a ceremony to summon and befriend a demon of their choosing. Okay. Okay. Time out. <laughs> Our battle is not against flesh and blood. Mm-hmm. Let's let's remember we are in a spiritual battle in case you're not aware. Yes. Wow. Okay. This is redonkulous. Absolutely redonkulous. Gabisha redonkulous. You know what that means? Alpha News reports that the Walker Art Center held a pagan ritual geared toward families last weekend with a performance called Lilith, the Empathic Demon. You know, we could we could, we sit here and and I I hate to say we laugh, but we laugh at the absurdity. We make but fun the, of the absurdity. But the the seriousness of those who attended. Oh, yeah. Oh, it gets better. Okay. The event description on the organization's website reads, quote, demons have a bad reputation. Oh, my word. 
But maybe we're just not very good at getting to know them. Yeah, let's let's normalize it. They do have desensitize. A, I will agree with them on that. They do have a bad reputation. Yes, they do. They were cast out of heaven because they rebelled against the Lord mm-hmm. Himself. The event featured an artist called Tamar Etun who claims to create quote demon traps. That's a bunch of crap. Families are invited to create a vessel to trap the demon that knows them best. Perhaps the demon of over- overthinking. And then participate in a playful ceremony to summon and befriend their demon. Oh, okay. <sighs> and it it's, goes on. And it goes on. Hold on. After designing your trap, Lilith, the empathic demon, will come from the dark side of the moon to lead you in locating your feelings. Let me guess. Wait a minute. Did they have like a raffle to hand out Ouija boards? Like, uh, like honestly. No, let me finish. Locating your feelings using ancient Babylonian techniques. Oh, imagine that. Right. Because all the good things came out of Babylon. Uh, the description further claims adding this collective and playful demon summoning session will conclude with a somatic movement meditation designed to help you befriend your shadows. Uh-huh. This was paid for, of course, by your taxpayer dollars. Um, let me see if there's any more on here. No, that's it. There's a lot of it's, uh, you, you can look at the post. I'll put the link in the show notes mm-hmm. and just look at all of the all of the supporting you know, posts on Twitter, things like that, where they're talking about this. This is real. These people have no, well, someone, someone at the top knows exactly what they're doing. The mm-hmm. rest of them are fools. Mm-hmm. They are walking headlong into, this is, this is how they, this whole notion of, well, demons are just misunderstood. And I'm telling you that this is, this will be, we so we've been watching Jack Hibbs mm-hmm. talk, his his series the past couple of weeks called Days of Confusion. Oh, I'll leave a link to it. You guys got to go and watch it. Like right. I think there's two parts to it. And it's interesting because he's had the same. We've had the same conversation mm-hmm. about this over, over over the course of doing dysphoria, mm-hmm. and now he's talking about it. The same thing that we have that all of this this confusion and this distraction that you see about. Well, now there's space aliens, mm-hmm. right? And there's these. They're um, making they're making turns and going at right. They're doing that things are not of this world. Doing things that can't be explained, and um, and it's the 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 frequency of these sightings, not just of these aircraft, but actual beings, is certainly on the increase. Now, is are there some of them that are hoaxes? I'm sure because mm-hmm. it's a good way to get attention. But our our theory on this has been that this is demonic. What, it's demonic. It is, of course, it's demonic. And it, as Christians, we have to it, listen. We can't say that we believe the Bible is the truth, and then say, "But maybe God created another race of beings that are superior to us and just didn't tell us." <laughs> do you really believe? I mean, do you really believe that? Let's stop and think Do about it. Do not add to or take away. Right. Right. You're 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 really stretching here. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's that you desperately want to believe. It's not true. These are demons. And I'm convinced that when the church is taken away, 
in the rapture that this is how this is part of the great deception mm -hmm. that is sent the great delusion that's sent upon, upon the earth that's how they will explain the disappearance mm -hmm. of billions of people mm -hmm. well the space aliens took them away mm -hmm. and you who are left you are the chosen ones right right so right. now let's get down to business of the new world order mm -hmm. so anyway that's that's what I have here, and um, we should go to break and then come back with Jeff Younger, mm -hmm. our next cast member. Yeah. So. Hey, friends. We love hearing from our listeners who tune into our podcast every week. We're always looking to connect with our community and create content that truly resonates with you. If you have a suggestion or topic you'd like us to cover, you can now write us at fearlessfeatures.org forward slash mailbox. Your support and encouragement mean the world to us, and we couldn't do this without you. Thank you for allowing us to share our passion and knowledge with you. Link to the mailbox is in the show notes. Okay, so our next cast member from Dysphoria that we want to introduce you to, and we've we've heard from him a few times in the past on this podcast, but we want to share more of his story mm -hmm. today. So this is Jeff Younger. And you've got some info on him. Yeah. So Jeff, if you don't know, he so he has twin boys, mm -hmm. and he'll introduce them um, here in the segment. But you know, Jeff's battle to protect his son James sparked national attention when his, you know, now ex-wife tried transitioning their the the young boy. And Texas family courts have ordered Jeff to affirm James as a girl, while Texas schools have blatantly transitioned the young boy. And shockingly, even the Supreme Court of Texas has supported this decision. So Jeff's disbelief of what was happening mm -hmm. to his to his son and sons, basically, uh, turned into an unending nightmare as he's had to watch his son being abused every day since, with seemingly no way to stop it. Yeah, he has he has exposed really the family court the corruption in the family courts yeah not just in texas but across the across the country and we've talked about this when we talked about cps mm -hmm. so here is um here is jeff younger hi i'm jeff younger i'm the father of two sons james and jude i named them after the brothers of jesus so it's easy to remember um about starting about two and a half years old my uh then wife um and georgilis who's a pediatrician in capel texas um, began to try to transition my two and a half year old son, James, to a girl. And uh, when I started putting up roadblocks to that uh, around three years old, she filed for divorce and forced me out of the house. And um, honestly, if you go out to YouTube and you search for Mommy Says I'm a Girl, you can see a, a video that just went viral. It has many, many millions of views. Um, and it's my son just past his third birthday telling me that his mother is teaching him that he has a girl's brain and a boy's body. He's really a girl. And um, this kind of shocked me. At first, I thought it was kind of like just something my son was saying. Um, but he was actually wearing a rag over his head to pretend like he had long hair. And when I talked to his, his mother about this, she said, yes, I'm, I'm sorry to tell you, but you do have a girl. You have a daughter instead of a, a son. Um, later in sworn testimony in court, um, she admitted that this happened because my son chose a girl's toy in a Happy Meal at McDonald's. And three days later, he saw a silver purse with a unicorn and she concluded he might be a girl. And that set off a very long legal battle between she and I as she tried to uh, trans socially transition my son. 
She got him diagnosed with gender dysphoria with a pediatrician in Flower Mound named Jennifer Pape um, in Flower Mound, Texas. And uh, Dr. Pape uh, diagnosed James with gender dysphoria without ever talking to me. So it was a 30 minute visit and diagnosed him with gender dysphoria. And what Dr. Pape did not know is that my son doesn't present as a girl with me. He only presents as a girl with his mother. I've asked him over the years why he continues to do that. And he says, she won't love me if I'm not a girl. When I explained this to Dr. Pape, it turned out she was a leftist trans ideologue and she refused to alter her diagnosis. Now my son did not insistently or consistently present as a girl. And so it doesn't meet the diagnosis of gender dysphoria, but she kept that diagnosis there. And um, a few visits after that, it turned out in, in, in court, we got medical records, which showed that Dr. Pape and my ex-wife were talking about putting my son onto chemical castration drugs as young as eight or nine, and that's in the medical records. How old is your son today? He's 10 years old. Okay, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. He's 10 years old. So I've been going through this now for eight years. And uh, we've been in a continuous court battle in Dallas, Texas, in Dallas County, Texas. Um, and uh, she's been suing me continuously. There, there has never been uh, a month of my life where I have not been subject to court discovery, where I have not been subject to restraining orders and all sorts of things. Um, she spent millions of dollars. I've spent in total economic costs, probably about 1.4 to $1.5 million trying to keep my son from being chemically castrated. So during the divorce, we had a custody evaluator, and that's one of the things we should talk about, mm -hmm. is the role of psychologists in this problem and in the school problem. Um, this psychologist was assigned as a custody evaluator, and their basic job in family court, we have no-fault divorce now in Texas, right? All the 50 states have that. The role of the psychologist is to assign fault in the divorce so that the judge can pick a winner and a loser parent. And the reason there has to be a loser parent is there's a program called Title IV-D. It's a federal program. And this program pays states for the collection of child support, 66, on the 66 cents on the dollar that they collect. In Texas, it's about half a billion dollars. So the judicial retirement fund is tied to the distribution of child support. Um, the state makes a lot of money. If, if you have two parents that get 50-50 custody and no child support, the state makes no money. So we actually have a statute in Texas that says that the judges always have to rule so as to maximize Title IV-D money. So there's this massive uh, billion dollar incentive to make sure that one parent doesn't get to see their kids because then somebody pays child support. So I went into, into my divorce understanding the odds were stacked against me as a father because of this kind of stuff. We know that in Texas, 94% of the time, fathers get 25% of the time with their kids. Psychologists will tell you that less than 40% is a single parent home. You, might, you have no effect on the child's values and upbringing. So we've, on, on a mass industrial scale, removed fathers from homes. And I think that has a lot to do with the way we look at masculinity. We can talk about that too. So we go to this divorce. We have this um, custody evaluator named Blake Mitchell. He's a psychologist who he works out of Frisco in Dallas. He's a widely used custody evaluator throughout the, 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 the counties around Dallas County. I showed him this video where my son says, mommy sa says I'm a girl. And he asked me what were my top issues in the divorce? 
And my top issue was she's tampering with my son's gender identity. He concluded that I had made a false allegation against her, that she was not tampering with his gender identity. And on the basis of the fact that I had made that allegation and he determined that it was false, he actually gave me less than standard possession. I got less than 24% of the time with my kid, okay? So you can see that there's was massive corruption involved right from the very beginning in my case. So if you go out on YouTube, just type we'll in- leave a link. Type in mommy says I'm a girl. Mm -hmm. It'll give you that video has been millions of views, millions of views. And it's heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. It's James three years, three years old saying mommy says I'm a girl. Mm -hmm. I, I, and I can tell you as a mom sitting there and watching, you know, all of us, the Lord designed us to protect our children. And one of the most damaging things is realizing that there are children instinctively trust their parents above yeah. all others. You know, it's, it's ingrained in you. <laughs> parents and teachers, people, adults in positions of authority. But parents first, yeah. you know, he was two and a half. Yeah. And starts down this road of delusion. Yeah. How do you, I mean, literally when we were sitting and doing the interview with Jeff, I literally had to stop because I just broke down in tears Yeah, and I had to apologize because I have never in all of the interviews that we have done over the years, I have never been so emotional as I was sitting with Jeff mm -hmm. and listening to his story and my heart just broke into a million pieces for him yeah. and for the child. Yeah. I mean, that, that was, that was the biggest thing is parents, you are the protectors of your children and you get wrapped up in this lie and then perpetuate it onto and force it upon these innocent children. Better for you to have a millstone, millstone hung around your neck. And yeah. be drowned in the depths of the sea than to lead one of these little ones astray. Yeah. The, the Lord is not going to leave these things unresolved, unpunished. I mean, this is talking about leading uh, leading children astray. It's, mm -hmm. I'm not talking about, oh, my kid picked up a bad word from me. This no. is, you are, you are destroying a child, mm -hmm. destroying them. Um. This is something that by their own admission, oh, it'll make them suicidal. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so let's hear some more here from, uh, from Jeff here. This next seg section of his story. In the divorce, you know, she basically won. Um, not only did she win the divorce, but the judge, in order to invalidate the prenuptial agreement, um, found that I had committed marital fraud against her and had lied to her about things like my military background and how much money I made prior to the marriage. What's the problem is we signed a prenuptial agreement where we disclosed all of our financial assets, all of our real assets, all of our personal valuable assets, address history for 10 years, uh, work history for 10 years, social security number, driver's license number to run background checks. And this was signed by our own individual lawyers, separate lawyers, and we signed all that together. Like she was notified of all this stuff. 
But it shows you that the, the judge and the psychologist had an agenda here right from the very beginning. So after she got sole control of the children, she immediately socially transitioned James. She put him in a dress. So now he's four years old, five years old, and she's got him in a dress everywhere. She's presenting him to the world as Luna under a fake girl's name and, and telling him that he's really a girl. So one of the problems that I had when he entered public school, he goes to uh, Capel Independent School District. And one of the problems that I had there was they were transitioning him without even telling me. And I couldn't understand how this was legal that they could do that. Cause at least I had a notification requirement, right? In the divorce order. But here's what it turns out. And this is true in all the 50 states I've learned. Um, you do not have a right as a parent to your child's medical or psychological records. That the medical or psychological professional in all the 50 states have a right of privacy that they can exert against you. And they're not even obligated to tell you that they've exerted the right. So I would take my son to school in boys clothes and the teacher would give him a dress to change into and he would use the girls restroom. And this caused a lot of disruptions in the school. And when I found out about this, I kept telling the school that she can't do that without my consent. She can't change his name without my consent. She can't change his gender without my consent. She can't do any of these things. And the schools uh, uh, improperly said that um, they go with whatever the custodial parent says. But in Texas, possession of a child, how much time you have with a child and your parental rights are totally separate things. So they totally ignored my parental rights, which were equal, and went just with the parent who had the kid for, for the most, most time. So this eventually ramped up to the point where every authority figure in my son's life, his mother, his two sisters, his teacher, the school principal, the police officer at school, the librarian, the lunch lady, and all his friends at school were telling him that he was a girl. So that's when I entered a period where my son really didn't know who was telling the truth. Now, even during this time, he never presented as a girl with me, right? But he was actually like maybe thinking he was a girl because everybody was telling him that he was a girl. So I began to step up efforts to, uh, to show him that he's actually a male. And on the advice of some friends of mine and my priest, um, I did this simply by showing him how cool it is to be a man. So um, I have a simple, you know, my approach to parenting is very simple, right? I, I lead by example. So I'm a boxer. So my boy started coming to the boxing gym with me. Let's see what it's like. You're going to enjoy this. I wrestle. Man, you can't wrestle at my gym, but I can get you into a jujitsu school, right? And so they began to understand what it was like to be in a male environment, being around men, right? And a male culture where feelings aren't as important, where... Uh, outcomes are what matter. And where even when people don't achieve the outcome, if they tried honorably, they still get the same respect, right? Which I think are unique elements of male culture, right? You can you actually really respect somebody who beat the tar out of you, right? So, um, and this, I guess I could sum this all up in a little story with my son, Jude. Um, uh, as again, I, I believe in lead by example. So, they had really never really seen a live boxing match. We had watched a lot on television. So, you know, here I am, 55 years old, you know, and I get, I get back in the ring. And I'm going up against a 24-year-old heavyweight with daddy issues, right? This guy wants to knock me out. 
and a big brawler. And I'm a boxer. And he was a he was a he was a brawler and a counterpuncher. So eventually he got a good body shot on me, a liver shot, and just dropped me. And uh, I'm just going, man, first time my, my sons get to see me, you know, in the ring, I'm, I'm going to get TKO'd, right? And my son yells at me, dad, it hurts just as bad standing up as it does on your knees. You know, it's no difference. Get up. So I made it up before the, before the eight counts and then one on points. But I always remember what my son told me there. You know what I mean? That told me that he had internalized the lesson of being in this masculine culture, right? If you're going to hurt, you might as well go down swinging, right? And that's the approach that I've taken to uh, protecting my son in the family courts. I have to be extremely careful because the psychology community, every single psychologist that my son has seen has been appointed by the courts. I've never had an independent psychological evaluation and the court has never allowed me to do that. Um, every single one of the psychologists they have selected have been transgender activists. Um, the last uh, psychologist that they saw was Dr. Susan Fletcher. Um, she's also out of Frisco, a psychologist out of Frisco. My son told her last July that he wanted to be a boy and wanted to go to school as a boy. And he told her in one, one of the psychology sessions, she didn't even respond to him. He said she didn't even write it down. So he went in with his Apple watch and recorded telling her. When she saw she was being recorded, she flipped out, threw my son out of the office and initiated the eighth uh, CPS investigation that I've had to endure. Um, she then refused to give me the medical records where my son said he, was, uh, uh, said he wanted to be a boy using that right of privilege I told you about. And then wrote a one page report to the court, never mentioning that my son said he wanted to be a boy. So I've been fighting the, the leftist courts. I've been fighting the psychology establishment and the school establishment. And I have tried tirelessly to get laws passed at the legislature. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm nationally known in the United States now for trying to get these laws passed here in Texas. And you cannot get the Republican legislature to pass a law banning sex change surgeries and chemical castration of minors as child abuse. Now, we, we settled in the last legislative session for a real milquetoast bill. All it did was it removed liability insurance protection from doctors who perform these procedures on children. How milquetoast is that, right? It's weak. We couldn't even get that passed. So a lot of people have asked me, a lot of legislators have asked me, why is it important that it be classified as child abuse? Here's why. Because if it's only uh, restricting providers, my ex-wife can take my son to Oregon and just get my son castrated. And it's perfectly legal here in Texas. There's no, I would have no legal recourse, right? It has to be child abuse. And what's really even more infuriating is that the attorney general, on the request of some of our legislators, looked into this issue about whether these procedures are child abuse and found that there is a fundamental liberty interest that every human being has in procreation and that no parent can take away the ability of a child to procreate. You cannot just randomly sterilize a child. And these procedures sterilize children. So they are child abuse. And despite that fact, we have Democrat, another Democrat judge just put a stay against the state for investigating parents for, for castrating their kids. And so I, I, I've endured eight CPS investigations just because I want to raise my son as a boy. 
And these parents are out there chemically castrating their kids and judges are putting stays on those investigations. That's what's been happening. Now, I haven't seen my sons in, in a year now. And here's why. As part of the, the judgment that was entered against me at the 2017 trial. So the 2017 trial, we had this little courtroom, 255th District Court in Texas, and the top experts in transgender medicine showed up at that trial. So I got people from the original John Hopkins clinic. A lot of people don't know, but the people that founded transgender medicine shut it down in the 1970s because the statistical models they had proved that they were harming patients by these treatments. So they shut it down after four years at John Hopkins. So it gets resurrected in 2015 out of nowhere, right? Where I don't know what we can talk about why the left does this kind of thing, how they pick victim groups and how they manipulate science. They have a way of actually socially constructing scientific facts that then get used in courts and in the legislature, we can talk about that. So I had the top guys that founded the science and she brought in all the top people from California. So there was one point at moment when I was deposing Johanna Olson Kennedy. And um, she's, a, she's a huge transgender advocate, refers kids out for surgery all the time. I asked her how many pubescent females had she referred out for total mastectomies? And she said, well, I don't know. And I said, you know, this is how you do it in a deposition. I said, was it greater than 10,000 or less than 10,000? Well, it's less than 10,000. Greater than 5,000, you know. She finally said, well, you know, around 250. 250 pubescent girls that she had personally referred out for total mastectomies. So after that happened, the opposing counsel, just, we just, they just stopped and they just never put her on the stand. Because if, if that had put her in front of a Texas jury, it would, it would have destroyed their case. Um, the other thing is I had another custody evaluator. Now remember, every time I say custody evaluator, a psychologist, that's $40,000 that I have to pay, okay? So I had another custody evaluator, and this guy misunderstood the definition of gender dysphoria. He misunderstood the logical relations uh, of gender dysphoria. And so my experts tore him apart, and they basically set aside his conclusions. He was allowed to testify, but not as an expert. So um, there was just a lot of, of, lot of, lot of crazy stuff. But what came out of that trial in 2017 was that I got 50-50 custody and no child support, right? And before that happened, I needed to complete counseling in nine items. These are things like unconditionally loving your child, recognize the signs of bullying, the kind of stuff that's normally, you know, normally done. So the court, again, didn't let me choose a counselor, appointed one. This counselor, Dr. Linda Threats, then decides that we have to have two counselors. So now, now I'm paying $1,000 an hour, $1,000 a session. Every time I go to see her, they're both there, it's $1,000, okay? Um, th that's how I got Susan Fletcher on the case, right? They spent a year, almost a year and a half, counseling me and never once addressed any of the items in the list of nine things. Not once, never, never addressed it. So I went a year and a half not getting my 50-50 custody because they refused to address it. So I went to a counselor on my own and went through these nine things on my own with a separate counselor, right? So again, that's $10,000, right? I don't know, well, you can see what the strategy is here of the left is that they, they wear them down mm -hmm. financially. They're willing to bankrupt 
they're willing to anyone who stands in their way. Anyone who stands in their way, mm-hmm. and and as Jeff is going to say here in his in his next in his last segment here today, is they are willing to um, harm children, kill children, to to win, to advance their to agenda. advance their their uh, agenda. Mm-hmm. They don't care. Think about just the effects that uh, that bullying, for example, can have on a child. If your if your child is always or plenty of us have dealt with being bullied, right? Mm-hmm. If everybody keeps telling you, even even just through the day, a bunch of people tell you, "Hey, you really shouldn't have said that," right? Even if it's something and you're going, "What, what said what? Mm-hmm. Well, you shouldn't have said that like that." And and it only takes a few times, and you start feeling bad about yourself mm-hmm. because everybody you start questioning. And thinking, and th- and this is us as adults. You start questioning. You talking about like the the politically correct movement and everything. No, I'm, I'm just or talking you- about it. Could be anything, you know. Like so somebody overheard the way you had a conversation with someone, and they start criticizing the way that you've handled it. Handled it, and they and something that whereas before you didn't think there was any issue. People who want to make an issue, if enough of them tell you over and over again. Make an issue out of a non-issue. Then it becomes an issue, Mm -hmm, right? right. And you start feeling bad about yourself, Mm -hmm. like maybe I should apologize for Mm -hmm. something that I didn't actually do. Yeah. And that's adults. Now imagine this with a child. Mm -hmm. And everyone in this kid's life is telling him that he's a girl. I was going to say, and and the really sad thing is. Is that people are lying? Yeah, it's not true. These are not facts. This is not just opinion based. No, <laughs> scientifically, biologically, mm-hmm. he is a male. Yeah, and you have all of these so-called trusted adults who you can make the case are bullying this child, right, into believing that he's a girl. Bullying, abusing. psychological. Abuse. Yeah, it is psychological abuse. It is textbook definition. Of child abuse. Of child abuse Mm -hmm. right there. All right. Last segment here with Jeff. So um, the the judge decided that that there was no uh, reason that this was excessive. There was no reason that there was no time that they had to give me 50-50 custody. It was completely up to the counselor. Well, this order also had a gag order in it. Now, this gag order is this is a very common thing that happens in family court. They try to get you to voluntarily waive your parental rights. And if you voluntarily waive them, you can never get them back. So I've been extremely careful to never waive my parental rights, which has driven them crazy. The judges have been just literally driven crazy by this. This gag order does not prohibit me from talking about my case. Right? The only legitimate cause for a gag order in Texas, the only legal cause for a gag order, is to either prevent imminent harm or to prevent tainting a jury pool. That's it. So my gag order doesn't prohibit me from talking about my case. It prohibits me from talking about any LGBT issue. It bars me from talking about gender dysphoria any issue about transgenderism or gender expansion. It bars me from talking about political topics. It also bars me from doing any newspaper interview. This is for life. Any newspaper interview, radio interview, television interview, podcast interview. It prohibits me from writing 
a newspaper article, prohibits me from write, having my own podcast or writing a blog post or commenting on a blog post. These are actually in the gag order, right? And finally, it, it says that I can't even tell you whether my son's a boy or a girl. So um, a lot of people don't know, but Texas has stronger uh, protections under the Texas Constitution for freedom of speech than the federal Constitution. There is no legal means for prior restraint other than taining a jury pool. That's it. So, um, you know, I, I've, I've been called into court many times because I'm violating the gag order. And I tell the judge the same thing every time. Judge May Brown, I don't violate, I don't follow illegal orders from, from the government. I'm not waiving my First Amendment rights. I'm not voluntarily waiving them. I have maximum contempt for you as a judge for issuing this order to a Texan and violating his rights as a Texan. I have maximum contempt for the text of the order itself. And I have no intention of ever following the gag order. You're obligated to give me, therefore, the maximum sentence for criminal contempt, which is 18 months in the Luce Derrick County Jail in Dallas County. It has a law library. I will go to the law library and file a writ of habeas corpus. We will appeal in the Fifth Appeals District. You will come in judge robes. I will come in handcuffs. And we'll see who's correct about this gag order. Well, she knows she would lose because it's completely unconstitutional, right? So there's no basis for this gag order at all. So instead, what she did is she got Dr. Fletcher to testify that me talking about my son or publishing photos of my son boxing or whatever, telling people what the courts were allowing to happen to my son and so forth in the schools, that this was harming my son. And so on that basis, she gave me supervised visitation, um, less and more strict, less time and more strict supervisory standards than convicted pedophiles. So this would be two visits a month. Each one would cost me $600. And I would have a gay um, LGBT psychologist who would supervise my visits. He indicated an email that he was not going to allow me to change my son out of a dress. He was not gonna let me do that. And my son's very embarrassed to be in front of me in his dress, as you might imagine any red-blooded Texan boy would be. So uh, he would, of course, report that as fear or, you know, it would just be infinitely uh, malleable material for him to invent things. So I have never availed myself of these fake uh, supervised visits. And on that basis, the judge is, is now uh, telling me that she can, she can consider that abandonment because I haven't visited my sons. Despite the fact that I write letters to them all the time, um, I send them gifts on their birthdays, I try to stay as involved as I possibly can, but I refuse to voluntarily waive my right to not abuse my son. See, they want me to, what they want is for me to participate in the transgender abuse in order to see my son. Then I voluntarily waive my rights. And they're willing to hurt my children and take them away from their father in order to get me to waive my rights and do what they want. And unfortunately, this is how family courts run. So a lot of people will ask me, well, Jeff, why haven't you appealed this? Why haven't you appealed this? Because in Texas, you cannot appeal interlocutory judgments in family court. If I was in a business court, if I was in a criminal court, I could appeal these interlocutory judgments. But we have a special statute which prohibits me from appealing these judgments. So this judge can take these actions with no oversight from any other judge or any other authority. So I've gone to the legislature and told them what these judges are doing to my children. The constitutional remedy is impeachment. And unfortunately, 
our legislators in the federal level and in all the states are not exercising their check and balance role over the judiciary. So the judiciary just goes crazy, right? And I'll give you an example, under the Texas constitution, there's no basis for a state judge to enjoin the executive branch of the state. All the judge can do is rule in particular cases. A judge cannot tell the executive branch, you can't run these kinds of CPS investigative cases anymore, or you can't do this at the border. They, the judges don't have that power here, right? But judges exercise this power because the legislature refuses to impeach judges when they step over their bounds. So what happened was it came down to a point where all I had left to protect my son was to try to get into the legislature and pass a law. So I ran for office. Um, I, I was in a unique situation because I didn't have an incumbent. In my race, I spent about 180K total. Um, they put millions of dollars against me, the governor of the state of Texas. Oh yeah, Greg Abbott put millions of dollars. He ran ads for my opponent. Dade Phelan, who's the Speaker of the House, who's the one who killed the transgender bills that would have made this illegal, he's the one who killed them in the Texas legislature, went all in for my opponent. Um, and they spent, they spent millions of dollars against me um, and um, created enough concerns and the voters that it split the vote. And then we had a bunch of Democrat crossover voters and my opponent won. They, they were really desperate to keep me out of the legislature because I was actually running on a platform of impeaching corrupt judges. And so, you know, this is, this is a fundamental problem that we're facing. Our elected officials aren't using the power that they have. They're not willing to use it. And Republican voters aren't willing to put people in who will use that power. And we're gonna to have to face the fact that we need to criticize the Republican electorate. They've let this happen. I have to say I agree with him on that. And not just because, uh, and I, we listen, we've heard, I've heard all the criticisms of when Jeff, Jeff has a lot of opponents, obviously because the stand that he's taken, mm -hmm. he ran for office, took a very firm stand on this. And like we say, we, we're not involved in the politics of it, but, uh, I, I have to say, I agree with him on that the the right conservative Republicans tend to play nice mm -hmm. way too much with this. You need you need people who are willing to do what's necessary. Well, and the, the most heartbreaking fact about this is this is actually playing out all across the country. This yeah. is not an isolated incident. And it really makes me wonder how many parents have waived their parental rights. I think a lot because, because to not the, yeah. deal with <clears throat> the fallout and to try to do what's best for their children. Yeah. I, I just can't even, I, I don't think that any of us can actually fathom especially if you're just now tuning in and and catching up to what's happening in culture there are there are millions of families dealing with this yeah being being just shredded yeah just being torn apart over because the left has has figured out they've long since figured out how to weaponize the courts and because there are weak people involved mm -hmm. in the political system who are not willing to take a stand. Of course, you see why someone like Jeff Younger, who steps into the political arena, is very polarizing. Yeah. 
I'm, I'm, it's, I don't, I don't know what to say. You know, it's an interesting thing when you're listening to him, they're talking about how the judge has tried to put this gag order on him, mm-hmm. and essentially ta- ordering him not to speak. That should tell you everything you need to know. This is <laughs> when we, when we study the book of Revelation, especially in talking about the Antichrist. And he has called the lawless one, mm-hmm. right? And there is one, there is one, there will be one antichrist, but there are, the Bible also says there are many antichrists, men who come in the spirit of the antichrist. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that is that we're seeing more and more revealed in not just American culture around the world is the spirit of lawlessness. Mm-hmm. Where we see, wait a minute, there are constitutional limits to these things. You cannot do. We saw this in COVID. You do not have the authority. I don't care what rank you are. You do not have the authority to tell the church that they can't meet. Mm-hmm. That is, it is. You are you are trying to usurp the Lord Himself. Mm-hmm. But they do it anyway. And, and as, how many people go along? Because as long as there's a bully and someone to submit, well, then you've got de facto law. Mm-hmm. And when and so when people say no, then you start to see it getting more and more ugly. And now, um, you know what you what's what you're going to start seeing happen? I think very soon because they're already talking about this. Is because the 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 takeover of the world for the new world order cannot allow free speech. Mm-hmm. They just can't. They have to control everything. And so when you hear them talking about internet ID mm-hmm. and they've they've disguised it as this is how we protect the children. Right. right? You have to be 18. You right. have to be able- Twitter is already doing this. If you want to be a quote verified user with a blue check mark and and you get all the upload privileges and you can have paid followers, yeah, we'll pay you. You know, you can get that's that's what you have to do to get your blue check mark on Twitter. Mm-hmm. You have to give them a driver's license. Well, Facebook that. does it too if you want to run ads. Yes. yes, I mean that's it's because eventually they want to be able to track you, yeah. and make it. We know that this mean tweet came from this address and this computer, and then they can fine you or and at some point they'll start imprisoning people raid your house yeah who knows yeah so anyway just you know looking down the not too distant future i think that's well, are you sunshine just- and lollipops <laughs> I, was just gonna I don't say. like you because you're dangerous this is all that i have so oh my I goodness guess we should go right yep well that's all the time we have for today thanks for listening through to the end and be sure to click that subscribe button so you never miss an episode and share this with your friends and family Until next time, march on, saints, and be filled with the Spirit. I am dangerous. Call me Mr. Lamb Fries.